Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Welcome back to church. Guess what? You're here and it's not even Easter time. Congratulations. It's not Good Friday. It's not Easter Sunday, but you're rocked up again. How good is that? Hey, I just want to, on behalf of our senior pastors, Byron and Graham, welcome everybody. If it's your first time, a massive welcome to you. If you're family, welcome back. If you're online watching for the first time, we hope that you would connect with us today. The scripture that I've just read really spoke to me. It's actually been speaking to me for a long while now, a few months, and I hope you don't mind I go back to the Easter story today. Is that all right? I know Easter was last week. I know that it was like that one time we talk about the death and resurrection, but it is okay if we go back there just for a moment this morning. Is that, is that okay? Online, is that okay? I hope that's okay. So I wanna, I wanna talk to you today about being stuck on the second. Stuck on the second. If you're taking notes, you can put that down as the title. You see, on, as disciples of Jesus, our focus is so often on Good Friday and Easter Sunday, isn't it? Like we can come to terms with the fact that Jesus died and we can come to real great terms with the fact that he rose again. But what do we do about Saturday? You see, on Good Friday, it's easy to acknowledge because the sacrifice is so clear. Thank you, Jesus, for dying upon the cross, showing me the love that you have for me. And on Resurrection Sunday, it's easy because we go, hey, Jesus, you are so great. You're so powerful. The Spirit of the God rose you from the dead that he prophesied what he, he fulfilled what he prophesied. But it's not on day one when the trauma's there or day three when the victory's there that we're likely to lose our faith. It's in the process of pain on the Saturday where we're likely to lose our faith. So you, you won't lose your faith when the trauma's just happened. We haven't had time to blame God yet. Let's be honest. We haven't had time to go, God, you should have done this and God, you should have done that. When the trauma just happens, the only thing we can do is, go, is, is just take on what we have to take on. And we won't blame God when the resurrection happens because there's clear victory. But it's in the process of that trauma, it's in the process of that pain, that's when we lose our faith, church. That's when faith dies. But what do we do? What is our response to Saturday? What's our response as the people of God to the second day? The in-between move of God where you don't see God uh, anywhere, where God just seems to be vacant. God's presence seems to be not there. What do you do in those moments at home where God seems distant? You see, in the passage that we've just read, Mary goes to the tomb and she finds it. You gotta help me out. She finds it empty. I don't think we quite get the, 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 this moment quite fully. Like we read past this scripture and we go, well, don't worry, Jesus is risen, Mary. Disciples, don't, don't freak out. There's no need to run. He's not there. He's risen. He's fine. But we read from the context of resurrection, church. We have a blessing called resurrection. We know the context to the scripture. And sometimes we read the scripture like, like there's nothing to worry about. But for the disciples, there's a lot to worry about in this passage. There's a lot. Mary goes to the tomb. The, her rabbi, her teacher, her, 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 her person she looked to, her leader is gone. Just a few days earlier, 
She's seen her, her teacher, her rabbi, die upon a cross, bleed out in front of everybody. She's seen him lose. You see, the disciples at this point in time, they're not used to seeing Jesus lose. Everywhere Jesus went, he won. Everything Jesus did just seemed so impossible, so miraculous, so amazing. Every, he, went, he went and there was people around him, 5,000 men, not including women or children. So we can probably say there was about 15,000 people. And he says to his disciples, hey, they're hungry, can you feed them? And they go, well, try. <laughs> and they bring something to Jesus. They say, this is all we've got, five loaves of bread, two fish. And Jesus says, that'll do, give it to me. Sometimes you just need to give God what you've got. You don't need to start looking for other things. Just give Him what you have. And He takes what they had and, and He blesses it and it multiplies. And the 15,000 people are all fed. Win. One time He's preaching and people lower, they lower a lame man down in front of Him and He heals the lame man. Win. One time He walks past, what, walks past a blind man and He prays for His eyes sight, win. And so everywhere the disciples go, they're rolling deep with Jesus. They're feeling confident. They feel sure. They feel like everything is worked out and they have no problems to worry about. Who knows that the Christian life is not quite like that all the time. That the good seasons and there's some hard seasons. And so the disciples are in this place where they've not seen Jesus lose yet. And then they stand there on the day of His crucifixion He's mocked, he's tortured, he's had comments and insults thrown at him. And the whole time they're looking at their apparent saviour and he's dying. What do you do when all hope is lost? What is our reaction to the, to the fact that in moments there will be times where it looks like we're losing? Where it looks like God isn't there? This is the pattern from the Scripture, that there will be moments in our life, and I'm not trying to be too gloomy, but I do want to bring this out, that there will be moments in life where God seems distant. What is our reaction? Jesus was dead. See, people like don't, don't, don't abandon their faith on day one. They don't abandon their faith on day three, day three. They abandon their faith in the pain and in the suffering. But here's the thing, your faith won't grow on day one. Hasn't had time to. Your faith won't grow on day three because it's clear, victory is clear. Your faith only grows despite what you see. Your faith only grows. Someone... I feel like this is a word for someone. Your faith won't grow in the good seasons. Your faith won't grow on day one when it just happens. Your faith will grow when you're called to hold on with grit and determination to what God has called you to. Your faith will grow in the seasons where despite what you understand, despite what you know, despite how you feel, you have to hold on to who God has called you to. That's when faith grows. Hebrews 11.1, 1. now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. So if I can see it, my faith isn't growing. But if I can't see it and I still have to have the confidence to believe it, that's where faith starts to grow. So what does the second day experience teach us? 
How do we stop getting stuck in the second? I feel like some people in the room today, online today, are stuck in a second day experience and God's already called the third day to come. The second day experience will teach you to pursue the presence while it's still dark. So I read this scripture, I just, John 20 verse one, I'm gonna go back to that very first scripture. Listen to this. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary went to the tomb. She's going to find the presence of Jesus. He's dead, but she wants just to be in his presence anyway. The last known location of where Jesus was, Mary is saying, I want to get into the presence of God. Church, we have got to learn to go while it's still dark into the presence of God. We've got, to, we've got to, come on, we've got to learn to go while it's still dark, while there's no answers, while the world sleeps, while other believers around us sleep. We've got to be a church online that know how to pursue the presence of God while it's dark. You see, Mary didn't go with other disciples that day. She went by herself. And there'll be times where you can't rely on the people around you to be your inspiration. There'll be times when you can't rely on the family around you or the, or the mentors you look to because everything else fades away, but we've got a mandate to pursue His presence. The second day experience will teach us to pursue the presence when it's dark. It's easy to pursue the presence in the light. It's easy to pursue the presence when the miracles happen and there's praise reports flowing. But what happens when you're praying? What happens when you're staying? What happens when you're holding? What happens when you're just staying in the grit and determination that faith produces? We've got to pursue the presence while it's dark. See, Matthew 5.14 says that we are a city on a hilltop, a light that cannot be hidden. But what good is the light if we have a church that's scared of the dark? What good is a light if we have a church that turns off that light as soon as the world around us gets a little bit darker? See, we'll never know the impact of the light if we can't stand in the dark. There's something on the inside of your heart that needs to shine, even despite what people try to do around you, even despite when society tries to cover it, even despite when society tries to discredit it, that you need to stand and you need to know that as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my, like Mary said, I've got to get to the tomb. I don't care that he's dead. I don't care what I saw. I don't care that I saw his body die on that cross. I don't care that I saw them stab him in the side. I don't care that I I saw him take the body down and place it in that. I've got to get to the presence, even if I don't feel like it, and even if it's in the dark. Point number two, I'm gonna ask for the band. The second day experience will cause you to understand Scripture. It says in eight to 10, verses eight to 10, finally the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed now we read that like I just talked about from the context of resurrection, he saw and believed that Jesus had risen. That's not the context. He saw and believed that Jesus' body had been stolen by the Roman government so that they couldn't say that he'd risen. he had risen. So when the disciples come in and they see that the body is gone, they're not faith-filled, they're faithless. So speaking to anybody, sometimes we look at things and we actually get faithless from the move of God that's right in front of us. And so they come in, it says, he saw and believed that the body had been taken. 
they still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. You see, sometimes we don't understand scripture until we live the scripture. Amen. You can't understand sometimes scripture until you actually have to go back to that scripture and live through a time and a season in life where that scripture actually goes from just being the written word to the lived word. That sometimes scriptures, you know those scriptures that you have even come into your mind right now, that you walk through a season of life where you needed to rely on that scripture to keep your faith moving forward. That scripture has come alive and now you don't just know that scripture, you understand that scripture. The second day experience will cause you to understand the scripture. The disciples did not understand what Jesus had said. All along he alluded to it. Like they're eating dinner one night, pretty random thing to say. Hey guys, take this bread, this is my body. Take this cup, this is my blood. And they're like, wow, this is vampire stuff. And they sit there and Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And they go, what does this guy mean? We're not losing. He's not going anywhere. I've seen you heal people. I've seen you raise people from, Jesus, nothing's happening to you. Don't worry about it. Like, we'll, we'll do it because you said so, but we actually don't understand why we're doing it. And there's a lot of people in church who, who pull out, who pull out in the hard times and they never understand the Scriptures because of it. See, it's one thing to quote James 1, 2 to 3, where it says, Consider it pure joys, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the trials develop your faith and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It's one thing to quote it. Sounds good. Oh, yes. Sounds great. But until you lived it, until you've had to choose joy when you wanted to choose depression and when you wanted to choose anxiety, until you, and those things are real. I'm not saying you have to disregard those things, but I'm saying until you actually make the choice to say, I still want to choose joy. Despite what I see, I still have to choose joy. Despite how I feel, I still choose joy in faith. Even if I don't feel joyful, I still choose joy. I still live from joy. I still hold on to joy. So you've got an understanding of the Scripture that comes from the depth of the second day. Sometimes we can be looking right at the move of God and become discouraged because we have no context for what He's actually doing. You can't fully comprehend the power of Scripture until you've lived it. And so sometimes when you come to God and we say, God, I don't know why, don't know how I'm moving through this. I don't know how this has happened or why this is happening in my life. But I know I can stand on your Scripture. I know I can stand on your Word. I know that you're, you are good and faithful. I know that. And that's why we've got to get the Word into our hearts because it's in those moments when we're tempted to give up. It's in those moments when we're tempted to throw in the towel that Scripture comes alive. The second day experience will teach us to recognize the resurrection. Some of you have been like, hey, Dan, you're preaching the second day, but you're preaching from the third day. Did you realize that? See, Mary goes there on the third day, but she's brought a second day context. And so although she sees an empty tomb, although she sees the body not there, although she sees the angels there, although she speaks to the face of God, she does not recognize it. Verse 14, at this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. 
she did not recognize that it was Jesus all along. He ever looked back in those moments of tough times and gone, I did not recognize it, God. I did not feel it. But now in hindsight, I can see it. That you may not have felt His presence close to you. You may not have seen the things that you wanted. You may not have seen the things that you felt you needed in those moments. But with hindsight and stepping back, you say, I see you now. I can see the thing that you did. I can see that despite what I felt, despite what I heard, despite what I even said, you remained anyway. And so Mary is staring into the face of Jesus thinking He's the gardener because she's taken a second day context into a third day resurrection. And some of us in this room are still living from the second day when God say, hey, no, I've already brought the resurrection power. I've already brought a new thing. It just might not be the way that you thought. It just not, might not be the way that you anticipated. It just might not be the way that you had thought it should go. But He's not limited to what we think. He's limited to who He is and what He wants to do. So the disciples, John and Peter, they've left and they're leaving disappointed. They get to the empty tomb and they've left. And that, this is good for nothing. This guy, he's too, the Romans have him, he's, we're done. And so they leave, disappointed, probably angry and wondering. But Mary, she's mourning. Says that she's, she's crying at the front of the tomb. She can't even bear to look in there because of the pain that she's feeling in this moment. And in her mourning, she stays. You know that God can meet you wherever you're at? that God can meet you even in your mourning, that God can meet you even in your doubts. If you're at home, God can meet you in your frustrations. God can meet you in your anger if we just stay. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint if we wait. And sometimes we're so quick to go because of the context that we carry. But church, what would happen here in the room and at home if we just waited on God? See, Mary waits and Jesus shows up and He says, Mary. And it was at the call of her name that she did not recognise Him because of the resurrected body, but she recognised His voice. And you may not be able to recognise God in the different places of your life, but I tell you what, if you tune your ear to His voice, it will be His voice that becomes the determining factor in your life. Pastor Byron Anna built Highway Church from one Word of God to the next Word of God. They talk about it all the time. There's no fancy strategy. It's just we built church, this church from one Word of God to the next. I tell you what, if we could do that more frequently in our lives, it would change a lot of things because of the Word of God remains when everything fades away. We can stand up to our feet. We're about to go into worship and I just, like I've already talked about, I believe there are people in this room, in fact, at home too, and you feel as if you're stuck in the second day. That's okay, because the second day needs to happen for the powerful power of the third day. It's a necessary process. I believe there are people in this room who are stuck on the second day experience, although you're already standing in the resurrection of Sunday. You're already standing in the power of what God already has done. It just doesn't look like the way that you thought. 
You see, when Mary stays, she goes back to the disciples. Listen to this. I love this part. I'll round out with this. It says, Mary Magdalene went to the disciples. I love her words. I have seen the Lord. I I love the Word of God, how it speaks to us. I have seen. You didn't see it? You may have left too early. That's okay. But boys, I have seen the Lord. I didn't believe it when I looked at the empty tomb this morning. When I went there into the presence of God in the dark, I didn't believe it could be possible, but I have seen the Lord. Just you wait, He's gonna show up any day now. Just you wait. He said that He's not left us. He said that He's not dead any longer. He said that He had risen. And although you may not see it, disciples, I I have seen Him. I have heard Him. He called me by name. I believe there are people in this room who need to, who are gonna have an encounter with God in this moment. And you're gonna say, I have seen God. I have heard the voice of God. I have felt the presence of God. And it's gonna inspire you. And it's gonna keep you. And it's gonna remind you that although you may not see resurrection power right now, it is only a matter of time. I have seen the Lord. What we're going to do, I just want to worship and I'm going to pray at the end of this worship, but you're more than welcome to stay in your chairs. If you want to come down the front, I want to open up this altar too, because I believe there's power in coming out of your chair and taking a step out, making that a moment. But I just want to, I just really want to worship and then I'm going to pray and I want to believe with you that despite your second day experience right now, despite what you see right now, despite the tomb maybe that you go to, that God's presence would be felt in your life, that you would see the hand of God move, that maybe you've brought some context from your life gone by, that God wants to renew today and show you the context of resurrection power, even in your situation. And so right now, I wonder if we could just raise our hands to heaven, the band we're about to worship. And as we worship, I wonder if we can just make these, these words a declaration this morning. Come on, if you're at home, feel free to stand up in your, in your living room, doesn't matter where you are, and raise your hands to heaven as we worship right now, that God would do something in our midst, that God would start to move amongst us right now. On every part of this building, in every home, in every living room, in every couple right now who's standing together, every person, every family member who's saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord right now, that the second day experience is causing something to come out. It's causing faith to rise. The second day experience is causing something to rise right now. Holy Spirit move, Holy Spirit move. Let's worship Him. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.